Oh, man. It's Christmas time in Holland's Queens. Mama kicking. I know. I'm excited. Let's run DMC. That's probably some of you. Probably missed both groups right there. If you're like 50, five years older or less, then you know what that song is and um, celebrated it when it came out. But anyway, it is my favorite karaoke song at Christmas. Like Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie, as it should be yours, okay? Um, And Elf. Elf's right there, too. I know you don't think about Die Hard that way. Well, we don't think about Jesus that way either. That was my lead-in. Just kidding. That's not even on my notes. So, so, just so you know, a little history about River City Church, if you're visiting, um, a little history, is that it was New Year's Eve, I think eight years ago, that we moved to this space. And we were looking for a space for months and months and months and months. We couldn't find one. And we found this space, and we told you, You need to go on our website because we're not sure if our church service is going to be here or back at the City Rescue Mission. And uh, ever since, that's kind of been the way that we've rolled. It's like kind of show up for Christmas Christmas Eve service in the morning. And so here we are again. There will be some people in our church that show up tonight. And so just know, you are among the lucky. Um... But seriously, we are just a lot of folks here, a lot of faces that um, I don't know, that I've never seen, and we are so glad that you're here to worship with us, to celebrate with us. We know that there are lots, and there are lots of great churches in Jacksonville, and we're glad that you're here with us to celebrate such a fun, such an important um, Sunday uh, with us as we celebrate Christmas. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about, you know, we've been talking about the adventure of hope. We've been talking about the adventure of peace. We've been talking about the adventure and the advent into joy. And today it's the advent and the adventure into love. And so all of these things, the advent wreath communicates or uh, symbolizes this desire that God has for us to expect. God has for us to want Jesus. And for years, years and years and years, the nation of Israel had this expectation in their heart, this desire in their heart for the coming Messiah. And many of them, many of the Israelites uh, got it and encouraged or encountered Jesus. They experienced the love, the peace, the joy, and the hope of Jesus. And many of them missed it. And many of them said they got it, but they were really missing it. And I would imagine that in a room this size, there are a number of people in each one of those groups. And, and, and that's really, I want to speak to us all today. I want to speak to us all and, and each of us create, hopefully, as the Holy Spirit moves, create in each of us a new, a new experience, a new fresh expression, expression of the love of Jesus Christ. What, is it, what does it mean that Jesus has come for us to give us peace, to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us love, and to capture that and to live out of that uh, this Christmas season, just like Melissa was saying? And, and that can be hard. I know that that can be hard because of all the tradition, all the, the holiday stuff that's going on, all the busyness. And that's why we're going to revisit it. You know, this is going to be a, a talk that you, um, you know, Emmanuel with us, God with us. What does that mean? Now, many of you have heard talks on that, none of which will be as good as this one this morning. And so you're welcome. And this is my Christmas gift to you. Okay. And so there. And even if you've had, you've, you probably have heard one better, just pretend like that's not true. And that will be your gift to me. Okay. Okay? All right. So we're going to jump right into uh, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus Christ. There we go. Now, 
The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, we just ask that you would seek your spirit to open our hearts and our minds that this morning each of us would encounter uh, Emmanuel with us, that we would encounter Jesus who has come to be our friend, who has come to love us and help us to experience your joy, your hope, your peace. Just come Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, you read this story and I'll just tell you that it's familiar, and so it doesn't have that, like, pop. It doesn't have that, like, mmm, yes, this is awesome. I can't wait. I want to read this when I get home, and I'm going to read every version of it. I'm going to learn Greek, and I'm going to learn what it really means in Greek, and then, and then I'm going to translate it into every language I know, and I'm going to go tell people everywhere around the world because this is the most amazing news. Now, none of us, I mean, I don't feel like that, right? You don't feel like that. But we should feel like that. This is incredible, incredible news. You know, Moses, to kind of put this in context of of Israel, Moses, who was a leader of the nation of Israel, um, was told by God, I want to hang out with you. I want to get to know you. I have some things to say to you, okay? But you cannot look at me because if you do, you will die. That's how amazing. That's how awesome. That's how incredible I am. And so you will just have to, like... Face away from me, and you will experience, literally, the Hebrew is my backside, okay? And so it's like, you're gonna, I'm just going to have to slide on by, and that's as close as we can come, or you will be destroyed. And so Moses goes, he hears from God, he comes down the mountain, and it says that he is glowing from this slight experience that he's had with God. That, he, that, he, that the people who see him are overwhelmed, that there's a radiance, that they cannot even look at him. It is so great. And so could you imagine Moses having that experience, like comes on the scene here, and he's like, oh yeah, wait, what? Jesus, the word who created the heavens and the earth, the word among us has become flesh. This is what John says. The word has become flesh to dwell among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, Moses would be tripping. He'd be like, whoa, this is incredible. I can't believe it. This is what I was denied. How can this, this is too good to be true. I mean, I, I mean, do you know what this means? Your life should be different because of this. You should be jumping for joy because of this. We waited, we prayed, we expected for so long. So many of our people died as we were waiting for this. This is amazing. That's what Moses would do. And he'd be like, come on, people, what you doing? He would be. And then he'd come up here, he's like, I got a song. It's Christmas time. And, and I don't know, he probably wouldn't say Hans, Queens and all those things. 
But he would, this is the excitement he would have, like, right, that I am having, all right? He, Moses would be going crazy. But for whatever reason, and there are lots of reasons, we don't. We struggle with keeping this excitement in our hearts, with keeping this joy in our hearts, with keeping this, um, you know, this, like, childlikeness in our hearts, Right? And so when your children run out to the tree tomorrow morning or to the menorah tomorrow morning, whatever, and there's gifts under it, there's gifts under it, right? There's an excitement. And there's an excitement every year. There's an excitement and, and, and an amazement that they're like tripping. Like they're excited, especially if there's something like unique there, like the Barbie Jeep or I don't even know what kind of, I don't know, do they have like a Ninja Turtles thing, a Jeep anymore? Or, you know, a bike that's after King Kong or something, right? So they see this, and they are amazed. But what happens over time? They're, like, getting on their bike. We, we had, yeah, we're getting on their, I was going to tell you. Anyway, so they're getting on their bike, and, uh, and they ride it. They're joyful. They're excited. And what happens? They're like, in the end of the day, they're, like, riding it, riding it. And they're, like, get off of it and just drop it and go in and look for the other presents. And they're all excited. And, and even the first day, their excitement, their joy, their surprise begins to wane, doesn't it? And then they'll be like, Mommy, this just happens. I know this happens. Is there any more presents? Yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, they don't even say this is amazing. They're like, where's more presents? Where's the presents? Or they wake up the next morning, they run to the trees like, where are the gifts? Well, that's kind of what happens Right? The first time we encounter the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, which is this. Which is this. It's more than just Jesus came, he died on the cross for my sins. The gospel of Jesus Christ is this. Is that there is a union and a fellowship of love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A perfection of that relationship, a perfection of that intimacy that we will never understand, that we will never know, and we will spend eternity understanding and knowing that there is always more of this love, that there is always more of this experience of grace. There's always more, more, more that the three of them have. Christmas is about an invitation into that intimacy and love. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, because in that intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, there is only hope, there is only peace, there is only joy, there is only love. It is in that relationship in that existing relationship that there can be no pain. There cannot be pain because God cannot be painful. There cannot be sadness because God cannot be sadness because of his nature. There cannot be disappointment. There cannot be any of those things within the nature of God. And so as we engage in that fellowship, as we are invited into it and experience that, it transforms our life. Not our doing. Not our doing. That's not what brings us into that. Jesus, and only Jesus, can bring us into that fellowship. He's the only one. He's the only one. And Christmas is an invitation, is a gift by God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, to be a part of the beauty, the glory, the power, the love that they have together. That is the gospel. That is the invitation that we'll talk about. And so when we talk about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. What we're saying, what that means, there's a lot of things that that mean, but what we're going to talk about today is that it means that Jesus was human, that Jesus was with us, and that Jesus 
was God. And an understanding of those things captures the invitation. And I think one of the things I want to unpack today is why we lose some of that flair, some of that zeal, some of that excitement, some of that like awesomeness whenever we grow in our faith with God or when we wane in our faith with God over time. Okay, so Jesus was human. Okay, so Jesus was human. What does that mean? It means that he was like you and me in every way. It means that he was tempted in every way. Think about that. Think about that. Think about the darkest desires of your heart that you never tell anybody. And the temptations that you have in those areas. The shame, the guilt, all of the things that you feel with the parts of your heart that nobody knows about. The temptation that exists there has led you down the road to wherever that is. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Scripture tells us that. That Jesus knows our hearts perfectly. He's experienced everything, every temptation, every desire that would lead us away from the Father's love. He knows that. He knows what that feels like. He knows the draw of that. But he also knows the joy, the happiness, the love, the compassion that we have. The, he, he, he knows uh, what it means to be tired. He, we know that he was angry. We know that he shares all of our emotions that have been given to us by the Father. He knows um, that he, he likes food. He eats. He was totally human. He was just like us in every way. Now, does that give us the pop we're looking for when it comes to, like, the celebration of Jesus? No. Because it's like, Jesus is like us. I could just say that. So you're like, okay, Jesus is like us. What's the big deal, right? Okay, well, let's move on to the next one. That's really not a big deal if you just kind of present it like I just did. But that's who Jesus is. The second thing is it says that Jesus was with us. In Mark, it talks about Jesus calling his disciples, okay, And when he called his disciples, it says that he wanted to be with them. Okay, and that's in Mark uh, 3.14. And so we read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're they're the stories about what Jesus' life was like. And what we see in these stories is pretty, pretty cool. Because we see Jesus, who's fully human, engaging people, making friends, being intentional to make friends, and doing all the things that friends do. We see them laughing together. We see them hanging out. We see them drinking and eating together and celebrating and have fun. We see them, you know, talking. We see them being serious and stuff. We see Jesus correcting them. We see them being prideful and arrogant and Jesus forgiving them. We see them abandoning Jesus and we see Jesus still loving them and forgiving them. Again, like... Those are all things that we've experienced in friendship, I would imagine, to some degree. Those are things that we would have experienced and we would have seen experience uh, in other relationships. All of those things. And so when we talk about the pop of Christmas, the pop of Jesus coming, that's, that doesn't do it for me because I experience all those things. So what makes Jesus, what makes this invitation so amazing, so incredible? So unlike anything else, I've already told you, it's Jesus as God. It's this idea, not that, okay, there was a guy who walked earth. There are lots of other people who walked the earth, who were in relationship, who were human, who claimed things 
that are spiritual, who have people following them. But there is only one who is God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus did not point us to good teaching or doing good things. Jesus didn't, he said, I am the good teaching. I am the good things. He didn't say, do this and you will find life. He said, I am life. I am the resurrection. I am the one who can lead you and bring you to the Father. Actually, I am the only one who knows the way to the Father. I don't do this to be forgiven. I will forgive your sins. I forgive your sins. Only God makes those claims. And so if that is true, that is truly epic. If that is true, that is pretty insane. That the creator of the universe, the one who is amazing, the one is, who is, 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 that we can't get our head around, that we can never fully describe or explain, that we will never truly, fully, 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 fully know, that we will spend eternity with, literally, we will spend eternity with somebody, getting to know them, and experiencing more and more and more and more and more of their love. That his love for us, his joy his compassion, his excitement for us, his adoration for us, all of those things we will only get more of for eternity, forever. That means like forever and ever and ever. And it's hard to get our heads around that. And I think that because it's hard to get our heads around that, to, to, to really embrace, to really, it's so far out there that, that we almost just check it off and we don't go, well, man, well, that is a big deal. That's a really big deal. And so one of the things I'm going to do, I, I came up with this, but I think that we all do it, is that I think one of the ways that we are able to, to create this joy, this expectation, and to keep our, our eyes and our excitement on Jesus and the gift and the amazing thing that we are offered is to look at the facts around us, look at the things that we know about what he created, and then engage our engage our engage our creativity to engage uh, the part of our mind that wanders, that God wanders. That's what I labeled it. Hashtag God wanders. Antley's speech on Emmanuel was awesome. Tweet, okay? Facebook, Twitter. All right. Resend, resend, resend. Share, 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 share. Hashtag River City Church. Tithe. Okay. Mind wandering. Now I'm going to explain what mind wandering is, okay? And I, I've, I've drawn, there, there are lots of pictures when you, you, that people try to put together about mind wandering, okay? And again, what it is, is it's capturing things that God's created, really thinking about them, and then letting your mind wander, and the Holy Spirit does this, into the awesomeness, the bigness, the vastness, the unimaginableness, is that a word? Unimaginableness of who God is. And so, I have these slides that will help us do that, and, um, and I know these are done professionally by a, pa a local pastor, and, um, and I, ha I have them actually right here with me as well. And so here's the first slide, okay? And these are facts that we know about the universe, okay? This is the first one. The first one is this, is that this is Earth, this is where we are at the bottom, right? The distance to the sun is 90 Three million miles. 93 million miles, okay? Let's say that that 93 million... I woke up this morning and I thought this before we go any further. And I thought, I have just created a word problem, which is 
the most evil thing that teachers ever created for students growing up. And it doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't because they just get harder. And you see them and you're like, I'm dead. I'm doomed. This is horrific. Jesus, come now. All right? So this is a word problem. Okay, so this 93 million miles between Earth and the sun. Okay, let's say that that 93 million miles equals, equal, is equal to this, this, the width of this paper, the thinness of this paper. Okay, this equals, paper cut equals 93 million, million miles. Okay, another joke that most people didn't get. Okay, all right. Now, the next slide is this. Now, the, the next closest star is called Proxima Centauri. Okay, so the ne- next closest star. Now, if you, you would have to stack 70 feet, 70 feet of pieces of paper. 70 feet, 70 feet. This is like a lot less than one foot, right? So imagine 70 feet of these. 70 feet times 93 million miles equals the distance from here, from where you sit right now, to this star called Proximus, Proxima Centauri. That's pretty epic, right? Like that's, that's, you're starting to get your head around like God's creation, okay? Now, this is, this, this, you have to follow me on this slide because it's very intricate, it's very scientific, very detailed, okay? And so this next slide says this. Okay, start in the middle. Start in the middle. Milky Way. Okay, that's our galaxy, okay? That's our galaxy. And the Milky Way, is, that's where we live. That's where you are right now. You are in the Milky Way. You are in the galaxy of the Milky Way, okay? Now, okay, go up with me, okay? The distance from one end of the Milky Way to the other end of the Milky Way is 300 miles of stacked paper. 300 miles. You know how far that is? It's as far as if you're, you're sitting right here. There is a Walmart in Conyers, Georgia, that is blowing up right now. It's blowing up. It is 300 miles away. And walking distance, which is the shortest way to get there, if you put a stack of papers <laughs> all the way to there, that would capture just 300 feet of them. That would capture the distance of our galaxy. Nine times 93 million miles. That is insane, people. That's pretty far, isn't it? Okay? I'm telling you the facts now. I'm telling you the facts. The last fact is this, at the bottom, end here, that there are billions of these galaxies. Billions. Not one or two, not three or four. There are billions and billions of these galaxies. They say that there are more galaxies this big, from here to Walmart, big, stacked of 93 million miles, pieces of paper, from here in Walmart, there are more of them than there are grains of sand in the world. I know, wow, right? Okay, you know what wow is? Mind wander. That's what's happening. Allow your mind to wander now. Allow your mind to begin to get its hands around that. It can't. It can't. But as we're talking about this, you're getting a picture. You're getting a picture in your mind of how magnificent, how, how incredible, how unimaginable, how, how could that be possible? I, I was writing this down, and, and, and I wrote it down exactly like it was in the computer. E- exactly. And I was in pre-service prayer today, and I thought, oh, Jesus, please make sure I did this right. Is this true? Is this really true? 
And I went back and checked because I wanted to make sure it was. Because we all know I've said things from right here that aren't true, right? Not about Jesus and God, but about things like world wars and, you know, history things that, you know, that just, they're illustrations that aren't that important, but are when you're trying to make a point like I am right now, that, that this is true. This is a fact. These are facts about our universe, facts about the creator and who he is and what he has done and how unimaginable, how, how just incredible he is. And so if, if that's true, if that's true, and that is who has come in the form of a fragile baby born in poverty so that we can be friends with him, if that's true, then that is truly amazing. That is what gives pop to Jesus Christ. That is what gives pop to Christmas, is that the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, and all, and all, so much more. You can do this with nature. You can do this with just the human body. And you start studying these things and how he made them. And you're blown away when you, your mind truly is allowed to wander into the epicness of who Jesus Christ really is. But I'll tell you this, because some of you are thinking, Antley's going to tell us, and the love of God is greater than the love of the distance between the Milky Way, right? It's kind of thinking, and I could say that right now, and it's true, but that's not what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is that when you take all of his creation, when you look at all of his creation, you look at the magnificence of this, you can take the Milky Way down, I'm starting to get hungry. All right, so if you take away the magnificence of, of, of the created world, the order, and you, look, you take away all of those things, you look at all those things. Another truth that God says is that you are more important, that you are greater, that you are more beautiful to me than anything else I created. It says this in Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also, he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he, Jesus, upholds the universe by his word. Jesus upholds the universe by his word. And when you study that, what it means is that he is constantly, he is presently holding together the Milky Way, and the billions of stars, that he is actively holding them together, that at any moment he could go boom and it just falls apart. It just falls apart. That he is actively, that is the authority that he has. That is the power that he has. That is the unimaginable uniqueness of who God is, of who Jesus Christ is. And so when we read in Psalm 8, 3, and 5, how he sees us in comparison to all that he's created, all that he holds together, we get a picture of who Jesus really is, his affections and his love for us, and how they're being poured out on us on Christmas. And it says this in Psalm 8, 3 to 5. This is David, right? He's probably in the desert when this is written. When I look at your heavens, 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, and son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. And the word, that's not angels and stuff. That word, heavenly beings, is actually God. The right word, Elohim, is God. It's the word used for God, okay? Made him a little lower than God and crowned him with glory and honor. Okay, and so you can imagine, as we do, I think, we allow our minds to wander like I just did, like we just did. And we look at God's beauty as David was. We look at his just, we're, we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed, right? And then what happens? What happens? What does the enemy do? Yeah, and look at you. You're a nobody. You're a nobody. And the vastness of all God's creation, you think you're important. You're a nobody. You're on this little earth in the midst of this massive galaxy, which is in the midst of these massive galaxies, and the exact opposite of what God wants us to take away from a mind wander like that, we take is, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody. Who, what is man that you would consider him? What, David is saying, who am I? An adulterer? I killed my best friend who was married to the woman I, had adul- and I committed adultery with. Like, who am I that you would even consider me? And then the Holy Spirit responds through David, to remind us who he is, who he really is, and who we really are. David, you're a son. There's an inheritance of glory that I have for you. There's an inheritance to rule over and have dominion over everything that I've created. As my king, you will do this. Because I made you like me. Nothing in my creation reflects my beauty, my glory, my love, who I am more accurately than you. Nothing in my creation reflects who I am more accurately than you do to the degree that one day I will give you my glory. I will give you and pour out in you a glory and an honor because I created you to be like me. And I did things in you and through you that warrant and are worthy of glorifying. That's who you are, David. And my creation... You are what is most beautiful to me because of that. You are what is most precious to me because of that. You are why I've sent my son for you so that you could experience the truth and the reality of that in a real way every day of your life and all of my creation. If all of my creation was a Christmas tree, David, you would be the star on top. You would be the star on top. That's what God's saying to us about how amazing we are. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? It's hard to imagine a God so powerful, a God so big, a God who has created everything we can see and more, looks on us and says, it's nothing compared to you. Nothing compares to you. I wish I would have learned that song, a few frames of it, because that would have been a great spot for it. I'm trying to think of it right now. It's just nothing compares. That's the only piece I know, okay? But nothing compares to you. You are so precious to me. Look at what God's saying to us this, this morning when we, when we ponder 
Christmas. Look at the pop. Look at the, the pop in his step towards us. Look at the excitement and the joy that he has for us every day. And then out of that reality, out of that knowledge, out of that, our mind being blown, we see a picture of a God who, who loves us so much and desires so much for us to be with him, to be called into that intimacy with him, that he sends his son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God to be with us. You know, lots of people sing this song about God, Emmanuel, being with us. And the songs that we sing about being able to know him because of the invitation. But how many of us really know Jesus? How many of us really have a desire to know more and more about him? How many of us this Christmas will allow Jesus the opportunity to draw us in? To draw us in. And that is the invitation. It's not to, oh, I'm going to go home and read my Bible. It's not, I'm going to go home and do this. It's not, that's it, I'm burning every present when I get home. Or I'm taking it to the refugees. Because that is what will make me feel love from Jesus. No. Jesus, like Christmas says, is a gift. He is a gift. And all we have to do, by grace through faith, is receive that gift. And not just receive it. But we need to open it. We have to long for what's inside. And when we do, we will begin to experience more and more things about who he is. We will get to know more and more and more about who he is, the love he has for us every day. And our mind will wander again and again and again. And in the wonder of who Jesus is, is revealing himself to be, we will have a pop in our step when it comes to him. We will have an excitement. And so it's just yielding, opening your heart to him and saying, yes, Jesus, I want you. I want you and all of who you are to know me and all of who I am. And when we do that, we need to know this. This is a fact. That in the same way, he holds the universe together with a single word. He sees your life and he offers us the invitation to, to hold it together. To hold your life together. To walk with you. To love you. To meet you in every place that you feel is out of control. That there is sadness. That there is brokenness. He offers you, let me come and hold your life together. Let me give you hope again, a new hope. Let me give you peace again, a new peace. Let me give you a joy that you've never experienced. And let me give you my love. Emmanuel, Jesus with us. That is the invitation this morning and the invitation every morning to wake up with an excitement in your heart to know more of him as he pours more of him into your heart. Let's stand. We're going to do something that we always do on Christmas Eve. Now, the beauty of having a non-beautiful room with no windows is that you can experience Christmas Eve evening service on Christmas morning. 
So we, I need you to do a mind wander right now and believe that somehow Jesus has made it dark outside right now. You're exhausted and you're terrified about going home and having to wrap 50 million gifts. And it is that moment, but it's really nice. It's the morning, right? Okay. But we're going to let our mind wander and get there. And we're going to do what we always do um, on Christmas Eve is we are going to have an opportunity for us to sing Silent Night. And uh, I'm just going to read a little bit about the Christ candle in the middle of the first and second song. If you need a candle, just raise your hand and we'll bring you a candle. If you have a child that's holding a candle, just know this. We want them to have a candle because there's great opportunity for videos that will earn money and go viral, okay? But we'd rather, and we don't want people to get hurt. So if you, if you have a child that has a candle, it's your responsibility to make sure that they don't catch themselves or anybody else on fire, okay? So there, we need candles over here. Some candles over here. Any other candle needers? Over there. Over here. Candles over here. On this other side of the room, if you're a candle person, over here. Candles in the back. Bonnie over here. Ashley's working away that way. Okay, well, just, Ashley, can you go this way? Bonnie's coming around that way. Does everybody have a candle? We got candles. We need candles over here. We need candles over here. We got a candle. We got a candle over here. We need a candle over here. I got one. I need one candle over here. Not two. I need one. I need one. Do I have one? Do I have one? I have one. I have one. Cole's going to give one. And there's a candle with no burn card. Okay? Does everybody have a candle now? Now, this is symbolic of Jesus being the light of the world. And Jesus being the light of the world, he will uh, spread through us as we experience his love, his power, his joy in our life. And that will spread through the congregation. That will spread through you guys. And as we sing these songs, we remember. And so um, we are going to do that right now. We're going to sing Silent Night. We're just going to go right into Silent Night. I'm going to read this song. I'm going to read this word about the Christ candle, then we're going to light it. The lights will go dim. If you're an usher, if you're a candle, if you're a candle lighter, if you have a big candle, you need to come forward right now. If your candle is big, just stand right here. I'm going to read this. Then we're going to light the Christ candle. Isaiah prophesied of the coming Christ that would be a light to a dark and sin-filled world. In Isaiah 9-2, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. In the Gospel of John, Jesus claimed that he was this light. In John eight twelve, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then John 1, it says, And Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so we light this candle, the Christ candle on Advent. It's a symbol of Jesus Christ being the light of the world. As we're lighting the candle, the band is going to play a first song. Yeah, come Emmanuel. Switch back. Sorry. 
nervous. All right. As we light these candles, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to invite us into this space of intimacy with the Father, just remembering again, as the light comes to you, consider the invitation to allow Jesus to be the light in your heart, the love of your heart. Consider the invitation of our Father this morning to come into the intimacy of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Consider the invitation of Jesus Christ to come and to bring you a new hope, a new peace, a new joy, a greater expression of his love. Father, we thank you that you have sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to be the light of the world. We pray, Lord, that as we light these candles symbolically, that he would be a reflection of the light that we have in our heart. Just come, Holy Spirit, that this would not be a throwaway, but this would be a great opportunity for you, Holy Spirit, to move in power, to open our hearts to the truth of Christmas, Emmanuel, and Jesus with us. Oh, come on.